Welcome to the Whole Point Podcast. This is Christy. And this is Serena. And we're sharing how we've learned to see the gifts in the mess and the joys of life, because that's the whole point. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Whole Point Podcast. We are talking about the word God today and what's in that word. And we are going to preface this conversation by saying we have tried to record this a lot of times. And I think that in and of itself shows you how we understand the importance of the discussion we're about to have. And we want it to be as powerful for our audience that could be comprised of so many different people as it is for Serena and I when we talk about it. Um, And so we've circled around a lot, but we're here today to unpack this word because the word God, G-O-D, is loaded. It's like a bullet waiting to be shot out in any number of ways. And I don't think a lot of people understand that. And so that's what we're here for today is understanding. Serena and I are in the business of people's words, people's past experiences that create belief structures and frameworks for how they experience the world around them. And so this particular word is so important and we're going to reclaim it today. We're going to reclaim it. So stick with us because this is an important discussion and we're going to just jump into it. So as with all words, they have a dictionary definition and that's not what we're talking about today. We are talking about the definition that each and every individual has of the word God based on their own personal experiences, what they picture when they picture, whatever it is that that word brings to them, but also what ways that word has been used in their life in the past, maybe through a church or a family member or in a book that they've read. And any substitutions, they might slip into place of God in order to get their point across. And as we have this discussion, we ask for infinite grace because we are also still unpacking our own definitions of this word in every moment and every day and every time we've recorded this. And we want to try to be as clean with this discussion as we can, but know that we also have past experiences with this word being used in any number of ways that color our emotions and our lives. And we're trying to just get back to the basics because we want that word God when it's used or universe or divine or creator or whatever it is to be able to be something that is peaceful for everybody, that they can hear from somebody else and they can translate into their own language and they can sit with so that we can all be in better relationship with each other because that's the whole point. It's also, you know, we're in the business of clarifying meaning and words and all of that kind of stuff, but also we're in the business of healing and there's always, or there can be so much pain around what people are bringing to the table. And I know for me in past recordings, like that was the issue. I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm just triggered and I'm not having a useful conversation. I'm just ranting. Like that's what I've done in the past totally where we've been like, okay, that's not as helpful. But that's what happens with this word, because when you think about your life and your purpose and your meaning and what happens, you know, when we die and this whole gamut of our existence, the word God is, or whatever someone uses for that word is 
part of it. And I think a lot of times, Chrissy, I think you would agree, healing is a, is a reconciliation, like with this bigger power than us that's, you know, supposed to have control over our life and allows these things to happen. And for me, the more healed we are with the divine, the more healed we are in ourselves, the, the more peace we have with this thing that's controlling our lives because we know that we're not really in control of our life. So the definition, uh, it isn't something we we've had, we've tried to have this conversation lots of times because it's hard to separate healing from that concept. I a hundred percent agree. And so let's talk about a few of the things for us. And there could be any number of additional things that get packed up and tied together, basically like hog tied with the word God. So it's not just, it's a word that a lot of people don't spend a lot of time with, I guess is the first thing. And I think that's why we want to have this conversation is spend some time with the word we, we encouraged. Our last episode was all about the junk words that we feed ourselves. And this is a continuation of that discussion, but exactly what Serena said, this is the most important word that's all to do with healing because we, so God can be a man or a woman or ambiguous depending on who's speaking of. God. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times it's a he, it's a father. And when you come from a family dynamic where the father wasn't what God is supposed to be, unfortunately, that word father, it still gets tied into it. And the representation that you've had in your life of a father gets laid over the idea of who God's going to be in your life. So if you've had an authoritarian father that is you know, punishes when we do wrong, that is, you know, always out to get you or find you in your errors, that's what you layer over the word God because the word father, it dovetails into it. So that's one element. And I, it really is such a big thing. So some people, in order to reclaim that word God, might have to take away the gender that's Absolutely. associated with it. And my dad wasn't around. I just, so, you know, if you think of God, the father, if I was comparing it to my father, just didn't care, like mm -hmm. non-existent, like you do you, I'm not helping, I'm not involved, I'm not caring. And the interactions I did have with my dad were very cruel yeah. and hurtful and um, ashamed of me. I did see him as a teenager and he just, he said, oh, it looks like your mom did a great job with you. Like mm -hmm. totally. That, that was the first time I had seen him in like six years. And, and yeah, you bring all of that to the table. And then I think of people who maybe had a wonderful dad and have zero idea that it can be excruciating for other people. Yes. This you know? is the part where we can see it in somebody else. Yeah. Where we're able to say, my experience with God is probably very different than Serena's experience with God, and I need to meet her where she is. And also understand the definition of God being male is new to, you know, we have those parts of it too, where we label it good, bad, right, wrong, evil, you know, and good, and that God is a male. Well, we, we have to like question lots of things in order to bring healing. Um, a lot of people that would say God is male would get that, you know, that's what the Bible says or whatever, but there's this beautiful, and I think as you get to know this idea more and more, you know, there's a word in the Bible, it means Jehovah Jireh, which means breast. Like there's an invitation 
to get curious, like you're saying, and say, okay, what, what does this mean to me? How does this affect me? What is the word? What do I picture when I picture the word? Is it a cruel dad or an absent father? Or is it good? You know, and think about it. And sometimes what can get in the way of thinking about that is, I mean, it's God you're talking about. So are we allowed to question it? Because then are we questioning God itself? And I'm going to say, no, it's a word. It's a word. And healing must question it. I think that's been my experience is to look at, you know, the things that happened to me when I was little and say, why? did this happen? Or, you know, my brother taking his life, you know, just going for me, I use the word God and we'll talk about this later saying, how could you let this happen? Mm-hmm. No. And that was healing for me to do that. And that's an invitation to evaluate like what we're thinking, because if we just go, and this is, you know, our work as well, if we're just going with our subconscious beliefs and definitions and feelings around this word, those can be hurting us in our lives or hurting other people that we're in relationship with that we maybe want to connect with more and want to understand more. I would say that when you begin to unpack this word for yourself, the first thing you're going to hit upon are all the shoulds. God should this, I should think this, I should feel this, I should, should, should. There's going to be probably an arm's length list of shoulds around the word God that I invite you to throw away because the shoulds are nothing but expectations and an expectation is not the truth. It's something that's made up. And the truth is what we're, what God is inviting us to is the ultimate truth. So feel free to let go of the untruths of expectations so that you can unpack the baggage associated with the word and reclaim it for yourself because there is so much power in having your own definition that you've chosen that wasn't chosen for you. So Serena, you know, made mention of how perhaps her father figure or somebody else's may play into the narrative of the definition. So I'll also invite you to, um, if you had a church experience growing up that wasn't healthy or ideal, that's going to be wrapped up with that definition of God, because God is going to then be tied together completely welded onto the idea of church and who the people were that were in that church. This was what part of my story is, is unpacking the idea that the people in the church that I grew up in were not God. And I could stop holding the things that happened to me through those people against God or my definition. I had to separate those things. And this is where the idea that People may need a different word beside God to have this conversation with you because I know I did. I needed to find a different word to speak what was inside of me to be heard from and to hear myself so that I could come back to the word God with a whole different definition. I needed to use the word universe. I needed to use the word divine. I needed to use the word nature in place of to expand who God was in my life. God was so narrow to me. God was a man on earth in a church. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's been separating. Like I keep the word God, um, but the image that I see when I use the word God has shifted a lot. And I'm very hesitant and 
aware when I'm talking to other people about that too. I probably throw the word around a lot less in it in a way where I'm aware that that may be hurting other people. But I had to separate it from this idea of this, for me, building that says God lives there with people who are have exclusivism and judgment and some rigid qualifications about who's in the in crowd there and who's acceptable and who isn't acceptable. And that was very painful for me. But I've a little different than you kept the word God and just changed it in my own mind. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the invitation that when we talk about our own perspective, it's to invite you into curiosity about whomever you encounter in this life, whether it's at a church or online or a friendship that you make, to see that if they use a word that isn't your language, that doesn't mean they're not speaking about the same thing as you or trying to have the same conversation as you. So we want to expand your definition so you can reclaim the word God to embrace everybody else's as well. Because to be honest, part of what stops us from healing is the idea that things are static and always going to be the same because we bring beliefs from childhood. You know, we've all, we know kids, we've been a kid. We always think this is, it's always going to be this way. This is how it is now. So we bring the static idea of how beliefs work into adulthood. And then we're like, okay, well, I better find a bunch of people that align with my static belief because this is how it's always going to be. And I want to speak the language so that they'll understand me and I can understand them. Because as you can see, as we kind of unravel the word God and what could all be in that definition, it's to one person, it's French, another person, it's Spanish. They might not hear each other, but be speaking the same thing and tune out because they're like, oh, Serene, Christy used the word universe. And that's not how I think of God. So she must be one of those new agey, hippy dippy, blah, blah, blahs. And we couldn't possibly even come to any sort of agreement. And it's whenever we have us and them, you know, and, and I think that the, a big thing is we love what's familiar. We love what feels safe. We love doing what we've always done. And, you know, a hundred years ago, these words also meant something different and we're having this huge shift. I mean, there's so many shifts happening today, but there's a huge shift and we need to be willing to go into places that maybe don't feel safe or familiar or like people are going to agree with us or, you know, where we don't know what to think, but it's all, it's an invitation to listen. And I love the idea of the different languages because we all learn. So when do you learn language as a baby, as a little kid? Like we're all being downloaded with these ideas of God, the universe, the divine I mean, people in other religions, even Allah or just totally different names. And you're being downloaded with a very important concept. And the concept is the same, no matter what you label it, of the thing that's bigger than us, that's controlling this world and this life and your destiny and is either loving or hateful, you know, and that's determining the quality of your life whatever you label it. But it is something that, and I don't know what other religions necessarily teach, but a lot of American religions teach that if you use a different word, 
it's evil. So we're also bringing that baggage to the table, that questioning is evil, doubt is evil, using different words is evil. And so we all, in, in one of the things we recorded about this, that we decided we needed a new one, you know, I just saw this picture of like everybody at a lunchroom cafeteria and we all have our baggage about God being male or using the word God or introducing different words, different language, different cultures. And we have them like in our backpacks that we're carrying around wonderful things and horrible things. And the invitation is to sit and not point fingers or judge, but just sit and look what's in someone else's backpack. What's someone else bringing to the table? What is their language around this? What is their heart around this? What is their experience around this? And just sitting there without judgment, just listening and looking and being present for it. And I think that's the thing that isn't happening enough, that is totally healing when it does happen. Well, and part of that analogy is right now we're sitting next to somebody with a piece of luggage that we're judging. That's not Louis Vuitton. That's not whatever it is. (laughs) You know, it doesn't meet my standards or my expectations. And we're literally throwing away the human because of their luggage, their baggage. Yeah. We're saying, get away from my table. You are a them. You are Mm -hmm. not an us. You are them. And so in this world where we're either living out of fear or faith and we're either healing, right, or hurting, that's adding to fear and hurting. And the invitation and what creates healing and better relationships and less anxiety in people's lives is to bring an open mind to that and not exclude people and not judge people and look at their bag and see what's going on. Because when you do that, and if you choose to do that, you're going to see it's a lot like yours. Yeah. That's the interesting part is the more you study different religious traditions, the more you see the underlying themes are identical. They're the same. It's just a different presentation or execution of the same principles. And you know, there's plenty of religious traditions that say my way, my way or the highway, you know, you're in or you're out, whatever it is. And somebody might belong to those, but that doesn't mean you're not, you can't also be open to the invitation of seeing the other and not having a miscommunication just because of the word choice that someone's using to represent this creator, this thing that's bigger than the rest of us, that, that created all that is the universe, the space and time matter. Maybe they speak in scientific terms. Mm-hmm. Even if you, and I'm going to just caveat this because I think this is, needs to be said. Also, don't have a discussion like this or unpack your baggage or somebody else's in order to then convert them to your side. This has to be done with the complete open heart of just seeing somebody for who they are without the need to change or control them. And don't do it with someone who's just going to beat you up either. <laughs> like the, yeah, you know, that's the other side anywhere. of that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. So we've opened this discussion a bit about communication. So let's, there's this framework that I've been using, um, nonviolent communication. There's a book, there's a whole school of thought around it. But the idea is that all communication is just us trying to get our needs met, our need for connection, our need for you know, safety, all, any, 
any intrinsic human need that we have. And so oftentimes when we're rejecting somebody else's word that they're using to try to have a conversation with them, it's because our need to be heard maybe isn't being met or we don't even know that that's what ha- what's happening or, or maybe we're doing something and we're not noticing that their need isn't being met. So to dial this in so that you kind of understand how you could use the concept of nonviolent communication is, it's to understand that we are all as adults in charge of meeting our own needs, period. And all we're ever doing when we are communicating or in relationship with other people is offering them the opportunity to help us meet our needs. And then they get to choose whether they want to do that or not. So when you kind of understand that, okay, so the first thing is I need to dial in on, we're having this communication about religion or God or whatever it is. What is my need in this moment? Is my need to change their mind? Hmm. Why do I have that need? Or in this moment, I just want them to hear me and hear my perspective. Cool. Okay. So I can invite them into those things. I can't demand it of them. I can't make it happen. But let me also give myself permission to hear their needs underneath what they're saying. So, oh, they use the word universe, which doesn't resonate with me. But what are they talking about? Okay. Their need is also there to be heard or to have a discussion about something bigger than them. Cool. We're both on the same page. We're off and running, right? Because we're underneath the definition. We're underneath the idea of the words they're using and we're at their basic needs and ours. And we're basically communicating through compassion at that point, compassion for our own needs and theirs. And look at us having like a full-blown conversation that's going to leave everybody feeling good at the end. It's right? invitation, yeah, to sit with and look at what someone is really, truly saying. What does that word mean for them? So where does this start for us, Serena? We've talked about this. We've laid out some things, this idea that your, your word for God or the word God needs to be unpacked for you. So here's where we start. Everybody gets out a sheet of paper, a blank sheet of paper, a pen, and you just write it all down. You write the word God down and you just write everything that's tied up in it. First, you get the shoulds out of the way. Then you get the anger out of the way. Get all the feelings out of there. What feelings are coming up around God? What stories, what narratives, yeah. what people talk to me about God that I might have adopted their definition or, or rejected their definition and created my own because of the way they spoke about God. And then you look at it all and you say, what, what's the truth? What's my truth under all of this for today? Could change in the future. But yeah, you- for me, it took a while and I you know, realized it was so funny because it's, you know, having the conversations with you and trying to record this podcast. And I, you know, went on vacation. I came home yesterday and I was listening. I'm like, I'm just like railing. I'm just, angry. <laughs> you know, even though I'm aware of this and I know about triggers and blah, 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 and I've been processing it. And I think I'm doing a pretty good job. It was still after years, like it doesn't just stop there's different aspects of it. It's way better because I used to be just angry at a lot of people. That idea of writing it down and just being aware and thinking about it and maybe having conversations with safe people who aren't going to judge you if you question these things and aren't going to look down on you and see what comes up. It's surprising what can be in our subconscious when we sit and hold the space to let it come up. Yeah. And there's a lot of stories there, right? There's a lot of stories of what's going to happen because, you know, it's funny you say, 
listening and I'm railing and I was triggered and all of those things. And it's like, yeah, I see you clearly because, you know, this was me 10 years ago, like 10 years ago, I came out of, gosh, I'm old. It was longer than 10 years ago. I'm just going to just keep going with the decade theme though. I came out and I was angry. And that's again, back to this idea that I had to separate the people that were intermingled with my word God from the idea, the concept, the, the knowing it's a knowing for me. Um, yeah. And so there's going to maybe be a bit of anger and that's okay. Just feel it and see why, and then move along. Like your feelings want to be felt. This is a really great way to feel your feelings and move along with your safe piece of paper that you're writing things down. Because I can tell you that whatever God you ascribe to is not going to get rid of you, delete you, uh, you know, judge you or strike you down because you wrote, I'm angry at God because of X, Y, and Z. It's yeah, just that was you and paper. The, the biggest thing for me when my brother passed away was 14 years ago was being angry and questioning and hurting and totally confused and just feeling held. Like that's what, for me, when I say the word God, that's what it is, is being held in all of that. And when we are questioning and hurting and triggered and railing, the word, when I say the word God comes closer and holds you and comforts you and loves you more when you're going through those things. Not that it, there's any level of less love and more love, but it's more tangible. Yeah. Me well, in those it, times. I agree because that knowing for me only came through after I unpacked the word God yeah. and started using something else because it was so weaponized. I, in my mind, yes. it was a weapon. The word was a weapon Absolutely. because it was totally attached to the belief structure that I was in in my childhood. And there literally are throughout our history religious wars. I mean, that word isn't too much of an exaggeration. Yeah. Well, and there's still plenty of people who are in religious traditions that are actually traumatizing. And yeah. so there's going to be a lot of trauma around that word. So if you weren't raised with trauma around the word God, you may not understand that unless you hear from somebody else. Yeah. why they need to use a different word. And a lot of people switch to another word without ever knowing why they do it, without ever examining it. They're just like, nope, I, I believe this now. Um, I don't believe that anymore, right? It's kind well, of like a feels, switch one for one. Yeah, and, you have, and it feels better. It feels safer. It feels not like a weapon, right? So this is what we're inviting people because when you unpack those backpacks, they're all on the cafeteria table, you're going to find they're all deep down in the middle of those backpacks, the same as people looking for love, looking for understanding, looking for their purpose, for meaning, for value. And that's what's in there is we're all looking for the same thing. That's humanity. Mm -hmm. And really, you know, we just want to know that whatever it is that created us, if we even believe that, loves us for who we are and isn't going to let us go because we made a mistake or punish us, really. Yeah. And I love, I think I've mentioned it before too, but Richard Rohr saying mm. that the more we heal, the more loving God, the universe, the divine, the creator, the collective, whatever you call it becomes. And it's also a matter of 
are you operating out of fear or faith? Right. And I love, you know, I was first introduced to this concept with Carolyn Leaf saying that our brains actually are either operating out of fear or faith or actually growing or getting, if you picture like a living tree and a dead tree, that's how fear and faith affect us. And faith is believing that we can hold all of these things and look at them and look in the backpacks and listen to people and love people and come to an understanding and we have freedom and peace around it. And fear is shrinking back, huddling in a corner, pointing fingers, creating us versus them. And it's super unhealthy for you. That's the biggest thing is it's mostly unhealthy for you when you hold that belief. And we can look around and see that. There's lots of people that are just in fear and anxiety right now because there isn't enough faith to hold different opinions and views and definitions of a lot of things. God is just one of them. (laughs) Yeah. And ultimately enough compassion to see yourself, but allow yourself to see the other as well, the other person for who they are. And I mean, I don't think we should gloss over Richard Rohr. Let's Let's pull back to this guy. Okay, so I read this book earlier this year, the, or gosh, last year, 2019, The Universal Christ by Richard Rohr. And I was familiar with his work kind of via social media prior to that. Serena, I think you introduced me to him. He has this wonderful like daily email yeah. that he sends out. Um, but I read that book and I, I know my God, my universe, my creator of all that is. I know, I have a knowing in me that's, I yeah. just know. Um, And I read that book and it was such a beautiful invitation also just to see Christianity from a different perspective, to see Jesus and the Bible from a different perspective than what I was raised with and what I learned, which is, you know, this whole idea of the universal Christ spirit is so beautiful. And it was, it touched, that book touched on that knowing it was like, You know, when you recognize something or you recognize someone, you have that spark in you and you see them, even if they're across the room and you're like, Ooh, that recognition is there. That's what that book was. It was like every single thing I had unpacked, it was a recognition and a seeing and a being seen, which, you know, I, we don't, we shouldn't need other people, but it is often nice when we can be seen from somebody who's in a high level spiritual position. We do need other people. That's, we're always supposed to live in community. And what do we have? We have an epidemic of people feeling alone because we don't feel safe too. And we don't feel like we're being seen. I don't, I don't think the ultimate spirituality is to be autonomous. Like I don't need, you know, and I know that's not what you're saying, but there's this need to be seen. Like here is me with my definitions, my understanding, my language, my experiences, and to be seen and heard. Richard Rohr totally did that for me when I was just totally angry at the church and God. And I think is probably one of the reasons I I continue to use that word instead of like tossing it out because he just invites people to see, I guess, just the how fragile we all are, even the people, right? Even the people hurting other people within the buildings that say that that's where God lives, whatever those buildings are, those people that are hurting others, you can, you can see their bags. You can see fear or wanting to be accepted and loved and part 
of something and belong. And maybe that requires different things. I know for me, 15 years ago, I used to have tracks on me 24 seven. Can you tell me what a track is? I don't even know what this is. I just, is a, is like this thing that tells you the gospel quote unquote, that you need to be saved or you're going to go to hell. It's like a pamphlet. It's a little pamphlet. Okay. So it's kind of, so, you know, I don't know if they even exist anymore to be honest. It's not what, you know, you see the guy on the, like standing on his soapbox on the corner, like shouting, like hell is coming and brimfire and brimstone. And he's, handing things out. Is that what he's handing out or that's different? Yeah. Little tracks. Sure. Okay. Some are more direct and aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> like Threatening. Some that said, like, yeah, threatening that, you know, God loved you or whatever, but I'd send them to people in the mail and hold on to them. So my backpack 15 years ago was full of a very dogmatic, you must believe this particular certain way or you're going to a terrible place to hell. And it's been for me over the past 15 years of just God was very small and there were only a very few people getting into this heaven and a lot of people doomed. And that is just what I thought. I didn't grow up in any churches and had this experience with God and then thought, okay, I guess that's the God. This is what people are telling me that God is, and they must know because they're smarter than me. And then walking my way out, <laughs> healing my way out of that experience. Um, a big, a big thing for me, and I mentioned it a couple of times on this show is my brother passing away and it screwed up those dogmas And I think life is always messing with our rules and inviting us to a bigger expanded view of love that it's everywhere. It's universal. Like Richard Rohr is saying. It's, it's exactly what happened to me that made me bitter. So I leave the church that I was raised in, you know, where they're doing the quote unquote right things and they're going to go to heaven and all of these things. And I was like, yeah, but I have this parent who is doing all the things that they say shouldn't be done, um, going to hell, you know, you're never going to be with them in heaven, yada, yada. But I see that person showing up at a bar and handing somebody $10 just because they need it or making sure they have a way to get home. Like I see that person that's supposed to be the, wor- the, the, the worst. Yeah. And they're out there basically doing the service, yeah. like in the trenches, like at a bar, yeah. seeing that the people at the bar still deserve love and all of these things yeah. and shouldn't just be left to the wayside until they find, quote unquote, God. And I was like, well, pff, if that's what God is, like, peace out. I'll go and join yes. these people where you just give to people in a dirty, messy way that you know feels right without making them do something first. Because the church I grew up in, they very generous. They have this thing called like a church storehouse where if you have a letter from your clergy, you can go and you don't have enough food, you can go get it. But only if you're a member of the church, yeah. right? So it's not the woman down the street who's got three kids and maybe she's, you know, whatever. I, I see, and this may be cynicism, but I'm going to say it. So I'm still working through my stuff. Bring it. I guess. Maybe if you have to apologize beforehand, you shouldn't say it. But anyway, it's like a country club. 
yeah. a lot of times, but a country club has rules and an agreement you sign before you join. And a lot of times in a church, you find out later, you know, cause I had like a single mom and the, the life I lived before I joined the church was a lot of what the church looks down on, but I clean up nice, right? Mm -hmm. I was a nice married girl with the kids. And so people would talk down on those others in front of me and not realize that's who I was yeah. 10 years before that. Yeah. And then when you see love outside the building, that's been the biggest thing for me is learning who this universal Christ is, how this loving God is operating everywhere. And a lot of people in the religious communities believe it's only allowed in the building and it's not living outside the building. So when you experience it, everywhere your definition changes yeah and it's almost like that well that's good but if they don't come around <laughs> you know <laughs> right if they don't come to the building yeah you know it's so funny to me because it's just such a big emphasis on the building for some people yeah and well the building means a lot i mean that whole that the church itself is a whole nother word to unpack <laughs> isn't it it That's is. a whole other word. And this is what was happening in our other conversations is I was just mixing them. Yeah. And to me, they're, you know, they're two things that I've had to separate out this loving connection that I have anytime I want or need that knows the answer for what I'm supposed to do, that has healing for whatever I'm going through, that has answers for how I'm supposed to communicate with the people I love, what I'm supposed to do next in my business. Like that connection is so deep, the more I heal. And then mm -hmm. other humans who create their definitions around the word, like you can't fault people for that. That's nope. their deal. It and works it, both ways, right? Yes. When, when you're out, you thinking. also can't be yeah. against what you were, right? <laughs> yes. It's, because then you're also rejecting who you were. So to sum it all up, we are inviting you to reclaim the word God because what's in a word? A whole heck of a lot is in a word. So it Christy, contains multitudes. Should, yeah. I keep interrupting you, but what does it mean to you? Let's like say what it means mm. to us. Oh, it's so big. It's, yeah. it's beyond definition at this point. It's a feeling. It's a knowing. It's a ultimate connection to everything. It's every person. It's every tree. It's every, it's everything. It is a beautiful and glorious. And as I sit here recording this, the sun is beating in on my face. Yes, like it's your beautiful. Your face is lit up. I'm watching. <laughs> and it's that. It's that. Yes. It's lit up. My definition is so broad now that I don't think I have words for it. It is a knowing. It's the knowing I always thought I needed as a girl in church that needed to follow the rules to get to it. I needed to break every one of those rules to get to this place where I stand in the absolute knowing that I am connected to the most loving creator of all that is. And that by knowing that everybody is a part of that, I'm just filled with love. That's what it is. Yeah. How about you? For me, it's, it's that love. It's being held and directed and loved and guided and unconditionally loved. Like sometimes I do a good job of loving myself and sometimes I don't, but this, whenever I connect to what I call God is always there loving me like 
Annie Frankor said, inviting us further into love, deeper into this experience, and also operating in everyone, inviting them to love and directing our lives in this beautiful, amazing way to get to experience, you know, like I was just on vacation at the ocean and just, you just feel that love and like bliss and amazing and And magnitude. There's like a, a, not a weight, but an expansiveness. Yeah. That's how. Yeah. Like we're, we're small, but not insignificant. We are, we are infinitely valuable, but also I just keep coming back to the word like held Mm -hmm. in this amazing, it's a loving universe. It's a loving world. You can look around at the things that are happening that are bad or painful and you can hold on to love and feeling safe and secure and knowing like for me that I'm right where I need to be that I haven't blown it, <laughs> that yeah. I haven't like screwed the whole thing up. That is just like, to me, I hear God saying, it's, it's all good, sweetie. Like I hear you were made to be this person. You were made to be exactly this in this moment. And I'm here with wasted. you. Yeah. None of it, not one none precious moment. And that there was a design in all of it, that the pain that I've been through is to help other people you know, that there, there weren't moments where it was like, oh, well, you screwed up. So this is going to suck for the next 10 years, you know, like that. Or that you're gone. being punished. Yeah. Punishment yeah. is gone. And knowing that I don't have to, it's also, I don't have to like, know. I don't have to know. I don't Embracing have to know the unknown, the rules and the stipulations and how to pray, right. And how to do this right. Like, I don't have to know all that. I just have to sit with God. Yeah. It's a freedom. It's a, it's a freedom. Huge freedom. Yeah. And I would have never come to this knowing ever if I hadn't completely left behind the word God Yeah, and picked up a different word to carry me through until I could reclaim the word God. And now I just use them all interchangeably. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's freedom. Yeah. And you know, if you go and you do some research about the words, there's original Hebrew words, like they were all different. We make rules that are kind of arbitrary once you start studying that as well. Yeah. And for me, it's been healing, healing, like RTT, that's a big reason that, that I do what I do. I know it's my calling and my purpose, but like healing has brought me closer and closer to God as I can love those parts of me, then I can let God into those parts that I've judged in the past as bad and evil and terrible. And I was such a bad person. It's always healing is always this invitation to hold them up in front of love yeah, and let love into those dark places, which for me is God for you is universe. All of it. <laughs> All of the things. Yeah. And that's what we're, that's why we've (laughs) attempted a bunch of times and have determined to make this podcast episode. (laughs) Yeah. And I think we, we've made it and there's an invitation here for you to just go deep on the word. Let it, 
let it unravel itself. And then you get to select again from what you know. And maybe you need to leave it behind altogether in order to get to the knowing. If you're not at the knowing, I highly encourage you to let go of the shoulds and the expectations and be led to the thing that's going to invite you in. Because that's what happened to me. I was led to meditation and then I was able to let go. And once I let go of trying to control all of that and how it was supposed to come in and the knowing was supposed to be there, it showed up. And for me, learning about like intuition was really healing and like calling, like Annie calling it the collective in a previous episode and Mm -hmm. so many things. So it's all here for you. It's all here. And there's no time frame. Just start and just keep going. That's all that's asked of you is to start and keep going. And if you need help, you can reach out to friends, family, us, whoever it is. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. I think this will be the final take on God, what's (laughs) in a word. And we're really happy to have brought this to you. If you have feedback questions or want to tell us part of your definition or what it's like for you or things you've let go of, please find us on social media. We're out on Instagram, both of us, and The Whole Point Podcast. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. Leave us a review. Subscribe so more people can find us. And if you want more information about me or Christy, there's a link to both of our websites in the show notes. And we'll see you next time. Bye.